Who here has ever gotten a speeding ticket or a parking fine? Just put your hands in the air. You know, it's good to be honest in church. Quite a few of us, you know. I see this more this side. Is it sort of a saints and sinners thing we've got going on? Quite a few of us have got parking fines and speeding tickets. A, a few of you who know me, I've said this before, but I once got a parking fine when I took my then really small Vauxhall Corsa and tried to cover as many spaces as I possibly could with this car. I managed six. Pretty good with a small car, eh? But I went in, I did my shop, and I came back out, and I had the dreaded yellow sticker on the windscreen. And those of you who got it, you know, you might be familiar with this. You open up, and it's like a long receipt. And there's lots of words. But the only words that stood out for me were penalty, pay, 80 pounds. And it said I had the option to appeal. I could send in some photographs. But I didn't think that would get anywhere with six spaces being covered by my car. So the only other option I had was to pay the 80 pounds. Or I guess, I guess thinking back, I could have just ignored it. You know, I could have just sort of like not heeded it, driven off. I probably might have got a few letters through the post. Hopefully a few of you guys would have reminded me and encouraged me to actually pay the fine. And I could have ignored it saying, well, it's not affecting me. They're sending me letters, but it's never going to catch up. But ultimately, a knock on the door would have come and I will have been dragged off to court. And that is the thing. You know, whenever you break a law, you have to pay the penalty. Whenever you break something within a justice system, you have to pay the requirements of what is owed. And it's the same for everything. If you were convicted of theft or robbery, you might do some hours community service. Perhaps it would go into a few months in prison. If you were convicted of murder, that's 15 to 40 years in prison. But it applies to different things around the world. In the United Arab Emirates, possession of alcohol alone, not drinking it, just possession of alcohol alone, is a £1,000 fine and six months in prison. And you couldn't say, oh, I'm English, it doesn't apply to me. You're in that country, you have to pay the cost. Every country has its laws, and if you don't abide by them, you have to pay. And this is a good thing. Imagine a country without a justice system. Imagine a country where those who've killed someone, those who have stolen rapists, they can go free. It would be chaos. It would be awful. Without justice, you can have no peace. You need justice to have peace. So when you're living in a country, you have to abide by the rules or you'll have to pay. And actually, the world that we live in now, it's governed by God. The world that we live in now, the world that you're woken up in and the world that you're going to go to bed in is owned and it's God's world. And he created it for us to enjoy it with him. He said, name the animals, climb the mountains, get married, have children. He said, study the depths of physics, look at the atom, study string theory and special relativity. He said, look at biology and the makeup of the human being. He said, create great works of art. He said, write great pieces of music. He said, look at mathematics, learn and teach, create businesses and organizations and see them thrive and see them prosper. He said just to build it and enjoy it with him. To enjoy it with him. Build one another up. Help and love and encourage one another. That is what he said to do. But often we don't do that. Often we set up businesses and organizations that actually cheat people out of money. They build our kingdom and others suffer in the process. 
We live for our own interests. We get jealous what other people have, so we steal. We live pride. We make ourselves the number one, and we don't live the way that God asks us to. We get it wrong. We mess up. We treat people as objects. And just like parking across six spaces in England is a crime, cheating someone, lying to someone, stealing, all this, getting wrongfully angry, having that affair, thinking you're number one is equally a crime in this world in which we live. And we have all done this. The Bible says that we have all done this. We've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. The penalty for parking illegally is 80 pounds. I know it and I've paid it. But the penalty of any of that, the penalty of doing that, the penalty of lying, of any of that, living not in accordance the way God said to live, the penalty of that is death. The penalty of that is eternal separation from all that is good. Eternal separation from God. The penalty of that is hell. And the Bible says this. It says the wages of sin are death. And now you might say, oh, I've not done all those things. I've not murdered. I've not had an affair. So you're a good person, right? But what about those times that you, you bend those figures in your tax return? What about those times that you twisted the numbers on the report? What about the time that you created that story as an excuse? You lied to your brother, perhaps. You just sort of bent something. You got wrongfully angry when you're driving. I do that. What about that time when you just flipped out and got it wrong? Fill in the blank. You've probably already been there this morning. See, I could have written to the government about my parking fine and said, surely you've got more important things to do. Surely you've got a terrorist that you can catch. But they would say, well, yes, but you've still got to pay for what you've done. I could say, well, actually, no, every single day before that day, I parked in a single space. Every day after, I'm going to park in a single space. They were like, so what? You did it wrong then. You're going to have to pay. And the same applies for us. Someone has to pay the debt. But also, like my parking fine, we could ignore it. You could ignore my warning today. You could ignore the warnings of your friends. You could think, actually, it's never going to catch up on me. It's not going to catch up on me, you know? Like, people are telling me to do things. People are saying things. But actually, it's not going to catch up. But one day, there will be a knock at the door. One day, you will leave this earth. And we will face the God who created us. And when you face him, he's not going to get out our calculator and tally up all the things that you did good and bad and see if you end up in the red or see if you end up in the black. He's going to look at you and say, who's going to pay the price? Who's going to pay the penalty that is deserved for the mess that you got yourself in? It might have just been one thing in your whole life, one parking offense. It might just be a thousand things. But someone has to pay. Someone has to die. God created us. God loves us. He creates us for a relationship with him. And he does not want us to die. But a land without justice is chaos. If the guilty can walk free without punishment, without payment of the crime, then what a terrible place it would be. God loves us so much, but his justice will not let crimes go unpunished. Someone has to pay. Someone has to die. So God came up with a plan. Instead of allowing a land without justice, instead of condemning us to death, God, Jesus Christ, came to earth. God himself lived amongst us 2,000 years ago 
And the documents containing, we've just seen it there, the documents containing the truth and the fact about this are some of the most historically um, accurate documents that you can find. You just watch that film Wednesday and it'll fight that case for you. And these documents about Jesus can be found in the Bible. We call them the Gospels. They're from four different people. And they talk about Jesus coming to live amongst us. They talk about him hanging out with his friends. They talk about him teaching from such wisdom. They talk about him curing and curable illnesses just at the touch of a hand. This is the God who came to live with us. But they also say something else. They say that Jesus, they say that God was murdered. Jesus came and Jesus was killed as a payment for the debt that we deserve. He took it on himself and he died so that we can live. But because he is God, because he is God, death could not hold him and he rose again. And we're going to be celebrating that next Sunday, that Jesus rose again. And because of his death and life, we can have life. Because Jesus came and died and rose again, we now have options. We can receive that as a gift from God, as a payment for the crime, as a payment for the penalties. Instead of letting us die, and he covered the penalty himself. Or we could say no. You see, when that knock on the door comes, when we leave this earth, because we all will, the death count is 100%. We will all meet God. We'll have two options. We could say thank you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you, Jesus, that you came and you were a substitute for me so that I'd have to pay. Or we could look and we could say, I'll pay it myself. You have two options. You can say, I want Jesus to pay. Or you can say, I want to pay. You do have options. And if you're going to leave here today, not knowing that when that knock on the door comes, not knowing that when you die here, you will actually face God and accept Jesus Christ as your saviour. If you've not said, yes, I want you to atone for me and not pay it myself, then don't wait around. This is your life. This is your eternity that you're waiting around for. You can ask Jesus to cover you right now. Romans 10, a book in the Bible says, Say the welcoming world to God that Jesus is my master. Embrace body and soul, God's work in us, doing what he did and raises Jesus Jesus Christ from the dead. And that's it. You're not doing anything. You're simply calling out to God and trusting him to do it for you. And that's salvation. So we are set free from this because of what Jesus Christ did for us. So with your whole being, embrace what God has done. See, what we saw earlier and what we're going to see again in just a minute, baptism, it's not just a token. It's not just a get out of hell free card like you have in Monopoly. It's a sign of inner transformation. It's asking Jesus to cover you. But it's not just a quick prayer that you can cover all bases and then continue living how you are. When you say, actually, Jesus, I believe that you died for me so that I don't have to die. It's saying, actually, I owe my life to you now. So I'm going to set my ways as your ways. I'm going to walk with you. And we can see that in George. We can see that in Sigrid. We can see that in these other baptism candidates. They're saying, actually... For the rest of my days, I've chosen this way because of what Jesus has done for me. Another book in the Bible says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you cannot take credit for this. 
It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece, created new in Christ Jesus to do the good things he planned for us long ago. Jesus' death is a substitution for our death. Don't miss it. Don't leave here today. Don't die not knowing that you've accepted Jesus as your Savior. We're going to see some baptisms now. We're going to get some testimonies coming up again in, in a minute. But I want you to think about this. If you can't honestly say that you have asked Jesus to pay the price for you, in a minute we're going to give you that opportunity. And you can actually make that step. And then you can walk out of here free and knowing that when you see Jesus, you can say, thank you for paying my price. Rather than look him in the eyes and say, nah, I'll do it myself. We can make that call. But let's have some more baptisms. Let's have some testimonies. I want to welcome up the other baptism candidates. If you guys would like to come to the front.